This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8th, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Flowers, and I have a story I want to tell you. A story about a terrible stop along a winter road. So gather around and listen close. A bitter cold blasted its way through the northeast United States. The snow, already two inches thick, became iced over and glazed to a slick surface. A small town that typically conveyed a sense of lightheartedness and joy was frozen in a moment of hollow desperation. And all around, the streets were empty as dusk settled in. This was the exact moment that Leonard Phipps entered Mason, New Hampshire, driving his white Chrysler LeBaron on his way to the Boston airport. The GPS attached to his dashboard was guiding him south on Old County Road, a one-lane, vacant backstretch of road that went on for miles. As he drove past an abandoned car encased in a snowbank, his thoughts drifted to the check-in process at Logan Airport. Packed in a line, rushing to take off his belt and emptying his pockets, there was a comfortable amount of time to get settled in at his gate, but the idea of being corralled like cattle was something he would never get used to. One shoe bomber was all it took to force every passenger to take off their shoes for digital inspection. Two sweaty, damp lines of well-trotted carpet lay between him and the x-ray machine. And he cringed at the thought of shuffling along the same path but he was looking forward to his well-earned vacation in the tropics. It was mere moments to a collision when Leonard snapped out of his daydream. He was forced to slam on his brakes as the LeBaron's headlights shone brightly on the tree laying across the road, blocking his path. The car skidded to a halt, and it was another few moments before he could loosen his grip on the wheel. His heart raced, and he took a few deep breaths. You're fine. You're alive. Leonard repeated these words to himself as a mantra. He couldn't believe the wind chill had dropped to negative 20 degrees since noon. He figured the tree had been there for quite some time since it was covered in ice. Leonard braced himself for the cold as he left the engine running and exited the car. The road was deserted save for a tall black house atop a hill to one side. 
His car now rested directly in front of the long driveway that curled up between rows of snow-draped hedges. A small cemetery sat silently at the base of the hill. Odd, he thought, since there wasn't a church in sight. A light shone warmly from the second floor of the house. It looked weirdly inviting despite its Victorian appearance with its harsh roof angles. It was then that Leonard became aware of the LeBaron's flickering headlights. He turned his attention toward the car just in time to hear the engine sputter and wheeze. He rushed toward the car and desperately grabbed for the handle, but it had frozen tight. Helplessly, he looked around for another car, another person, anyone to assist in his time of need. Just then, a blast of chilled air shattered his body, penetrating his navy blue wool coat. The pain contorted his face into a grimace. The engine gave its last breath as the headlights began to dim and finally turn black. Leonard stood in the dark for a moment, pondering his options. He reached for his cell phone in the front pocket of his coat, but his hand met an empty sack. Just then, he realized he'd left it inside the car on the dashboard while using it for GPS. The expletive he cried out turned to wisps of steam that vaporized in the night air. A glowing rectangular screen taunted him from the frosted windows. Leonard looked up at the winding driveway toward the tall black house at the top of the hill and took a step closer. Above his head, in wrought iron, spanned a single word, Blackwell. A small scrapwood sign attached to the gate read, Room for Rent. It clinked haphazardly against the frozen metal as the wind blew it around. It wasn't the invitation he was looking for, but it would have to do. His only option at this point. The climb to the top was treacherous. The icy incline sent him falling more than once. As Leonard approached the summit, he found a singular yellow light hung over the small porch. A dim bulb flickered, highlighting broken siding and cracked windows. A fancy rocking chair with a high back swayed ever so slightly in the wind as if some mysterious ghost was watching and welcoming him into the front door. Leonard took hold of the wooden railing leading up to the porch and he paused to catch his breath. A smell of burning wood met his nostrils. The thought of a fireplace made him long for the feeling of warmth. He climbed up and knocked on the door and waited. A sound of footsteps on the second floor confirmed that someone was home, so he knocked again, more hurriedly this time. His bare hands were aching as he tried to shield them from the cold blasts of wind. And just then, a light clicked on from inside the house, and finally the front door creaked open. A short man with a long nose and round glasses poked his face out. Leonard felt uneasy asking the question, but mustered up the words. I see you have a room for rent. Is is that available tonight? My car is stalled at the bottom of the hill. The man looked at Leonard from head to toe before responding. Yes, it's available. Just give me a moment to clean it up. He invited Leonard inside the house and instructed him to wait in the foyer while he went upstairs. 
Leonard was safe from the storm, and for a moment he felt relieved. He rubbed his arms across his chest and glanced around his newfound space. The house was dark, lit only with a single lamp or candle in every room. Indeed, there was a fireplace ablaze in the living room. Bookshelves full of knickknacks and curious objects were spread along the walls. Suddenly, Leonard became aware of several glowing black eyes stalking him. Leonard paused and squinted to make out their form. Taxidermy. He absolutely hated taxidermy. Soulless animals molded in unnatural positions. In front of him, the stairs advanced straight into darkness. His eyes were still adjusting to the dim light, but he could hear the faint sound of shuffling from the second floor. More taxidermy greeted him in the form of deer heads mounted in a row, leading from the hallway into what appeared to be the kitchen. A waft of burnt meat and scorched metal hung in the air, perhaps a cast iron skillet that grew too hot. Two large kitchen knives were stabbed into an X formation on the butcher block and next to it was an indecipherable mound of what he could only assume was food. What had he gotten himself into, he thought. He couldn't shake the sense of dread that was assaulting his senses. Perhaps he was overreacting. Perhaps the man is an industrious citizen. Perhaps he will escort Leonard to bed after a light meal and conversation, and they will part ways in the morning. Perhaps. Ah, hello, my friend, the man squealed as he slowly descended from the staircase. Your room is all prepared for your stay tonight. I hope you find it to your liking. I wasn't expecting company, so I hope I haven't kept you waiting too long. I do apologize. Leonard cracked a smile. No need to apologize. Thank you very much. He eyed the strange man inquisitively as he reached the bottom of the stairs. He was short and disfigured at the neck, with a large hump that pushed his head downward. The man was forced to spy up at Leonard with only his eyes. His unruly eyebrows arched into strange configurations, and it looked as though he couldn't turn his head. Leonard realized that he must have been staring too long because the man suddenly said, It doesn't hurt. Leonard blushed. Let me introduce myself first. My name is Elias. The squat figure pushed out a hand. Leonard immediately grabbed it and shook it nervously, forcing a smile. Thank you. Thank you so much for opening up your door. My name is Leonard. Leonard Phipps. Leonard Phipps, Elias parroted. He put his left hand on his hip and a grin washed over him, revealing a large set of square teeth. To Leonard... Elias looked somewhat like a lollipop, with a large upper torso concealed by a black velvet blazer and held up by thin, bony legs. Leonard wasn't sure how those legs could support the top half of his body. His head was bald, save for several wisps of black hair that fell from the sides. Oh God, I'm, I'm still shaking your hand. Leonard broke the silence and let go. You're cold. Come with me into the parlor, and I'll sit you in front of the fireplace. He guided Leonard into the room where the black eyes had greeted him earlier. As he sat down on a couch, Elias declared that he would put on a pot of tea, and he exited the room, 
Leonard looked up and gazed at a tall ceiling which supported a chandelier made from antlers. Small white Christmas lights were haphazardly wrapped around them, a cord reached across the ceiling and down one wall. An unusual choice of lighting, he thought. The room's wide, green-striped wallpaper surrounded him in verticals, giving him a sense of vertigo if he looked too long. Various plants of all shapes and sizes were potted around the room, and an unsettling amount appeared to be Venus flytraps, with their wiry teeth open, exposing a deep red throat. He watched a fly buzzing around the room, bounce into a shuttered window, and land in the plant's mouth. Leonard swallowed hard as he observed the plant close on its prey. Tight in its grasp, the buzzing sound slowed until he could no longer hear it. Just a moment longer, Eliza shouted from the other room in his high-pitched crackle. Leonard's eyes transfixed on the glow of the fireplace, and he finally let himself relax. A warmth washed over his body. He felt his shoulders lower, and finally his hands unclench. Everything was good for one brief second until Leonard shot up with a jump as something brushed against his leg. He looked down to see the largest tabby cat he'd ever seen performing figure eights in and around his legs. He hated cats. He thought they were evil incarnate. I see you've met Persimmon, Elias said as he entered the room with a pewter tray of teacups and sugar. Leonard turned toward his host. Yeah, he seems to be taking a liking to me. That's a good sign, Elias stated. He doesn't do that to all of my guests. Leonard took a teacup, sat back on the couch, and sighed heavily. I can't believe I'm going to miss my flight. I was on my way to the airport, first vacation in years. Just hoping I can get out of this place. He looked up at Elias then. Not that I'm trying to leave, really. It's, it's quite a nice-looking town. I'll have to come back sometime when the weather's nicer. Such a charming main street, from what I could tell. Well, we would love to have you stay for a longer visit, Elias responded. Elias took his tea to the corner of the room and sat in an old armchair. The cat followed his master and hopped right onto his lap. Leonard's eyes darted around the room, and he couldn't help but think of how odd it was to own a living animal while having so many stuffed ones around. They keep me company, Elias said suddenly. As I've gotten older, these pets seem to be the only friends that I can keep. He took another swig of tea. Don't worry, the guest room has none. You should sleep well in there. I like to keep them in social places so we can all interact together. Leonard glanced at the mantel clock and noticed it was well past 11. His thoughts raced to his ice-covered car at the bottom of the hill, and he wondered how he would get out of this town. Could I use your phone? He asked. Don't have one. Never have, Elias said. Leonard slumped back on the couch and drank the remainder of his tea quickly, feeling somewhat defeated. He would need to set out early in the morning to find help to get his car started. I'd like to go to bed, if that's all right. Absolutely. Elias stood up, dropping Persimmon at his feet. 
He placed his teacup on a bookshelf and motioned with his slender hand toward the staircase in the foyer. Follow me, Leonard. Leonard couldn't help but notice how steep each step was. As they ascended, Leonard noticed black and white portraits hung on the walls, blank expressions on every face, and the stairs creaked with each and every step. Elias was waiting outside of a door as Leonard reached the top. It was much colder up here, almost as if there was an open window. This is your room, Elias stated as he unlocked it with an old skeleton key. The bathroom is down the hall. I don't sleep on this floor, so you'll have access to it whenever you need during the night. Just then, he disappeared inside the room. Leonard stood for a moment in the hallway and noticed how stark the second floor was compared to the first. There were no decorations, no photos, thankfully no taxidermy. Please come in, Elias said from the guest room. Leonard walked a few steps to the doorway and peered inside. Elias was standing in the middle of the room on a well-worn circular rug. I know it's not much, but I hope you'll be able to fall asleep easily. An old iron-framed bed was pitched in the corner. Beside it was a simple lamp table and a Bible. As Leonard glanced around the room, he could see that Elias was smiling at him, but he tried not to look. A single window faced the street with its curtains drawn. The weak light of the lamp made it difficult to see everything in the room, but he noticed a rope suspended over the bed, tracing to a hole in the ceiling. What's this? Leonard asked reluctantly. Elias was still smiling as he made his way closer to Leonard. If you have any trouble during the night, just give a tug on this rope. He demonstrated by pulling, and when he did, a faint sound of a bell rang downstairs. My bedroom, he said. I'll come up as quick as I can. The little man craned his eyes up to Leonard over his small round glasses, his forehead forming a hundred creases. Up close, Leonard could smell his foul breath. From the corner of Leonard's eye, he saw the curtains move as a draft of air brushed his face. Persimmon silently jumped onto the bed just long enough for Elias to scratch him under his chin. Good night, Leonard, the short man said as he ambled out of the room. Leonard could hear the creaking of the stairs and let out a sigh. He shooed the cat out as quickly as he could and closed the door behind it. At last, he could finally rest. Leonard discarded his coat and laid flat on the bed. His eyes were feeling heavy, and slowly he felt his unease drift away, replaced with a warm tingle as he gave in to sleep. Hot and clammy, Leonard gasped for air. He felt as though his lungs had collapsed and his heart pounded in his ears. His eyes, wide as dinner plates, desperately scanned the darkened room. Leonard furiously tried to free his arms from beneath the comforter, but they were completely lifeless. His joints were as frozen as the winter landscape outside. He wheezed for air through clenched teeth, barely able to breathe. His blood ran cold as the bell echoed through the house. Just then, a voice spoke in the darkness. Hello, Leonard. 
The bedside lamp switched on, revealing Elias squatting on his chest. He peered down at Leonard, his arm outstretched above the bed, tugging on the rope. Round spectacles reflected by the light concealed his eyes, and pointed black leather shoes dug into Leonard's ribs as a devilish smile washed over Elias's face. It's your turn. You'll be a perfect addition, he crackled gleefully. Leonard tried once again to move his body. Oh no, Leonard, it's no use, Elias squealed. Atropa belladonna. It causes muscular paralysis. You can't move anything. He leaned in close to Leonard and said, You can't even speak. The T, Leonard remembered. The two men were nose to nose when Elias retrieved a blood-stained knife from his blazer. Helpless, Leonard felt the sharp blade against his throat, and they stared at each other in silence for a few moments. Startled, Elias's hand jerked, cutting Leonard's chin with a quick upward swipe. A ribbon of blood spat against the wall and stained the bedding. Elias slinked down off Leonard's chest and dashed to the window. Leonard winced as he tried to take in a deep breath. Elias scurried to the bed and grinned at Leonard with a longing gaze. You will have to wait. Leonard's body lay motionless as Elias pushed the bed against the wall on worn-out metal wheels. To Leonard's surprise, the wall split in two, opening into a hidden room. His eyes shifted quickly to survey his new surroundings. Elias looked frustrated as he struggled to pull the bed into the middle of the room. As he was being moved, Leonard caught the scent of metal and chemicals wafting in the stale air. A yellow fluorescent light blinked above his head, which illuminated the room. Leonard saw tools hanging haphazardly on bloodied pegboards. Rusty trays sat atop desks with drawers half open. Glass bottles with multicolored liquid rested on shelves, and Leonard suddenly realized he was in the middle of a madman's workshop. Elias rushed by Leonard's head into a corner of the room where a long table was set. Leonard watched as Elias placed his knife next to a woman seated at the end of the table. Leonard peered at this motionless woman, her face a ghastly white. Like her, a man was positioned on the other end of the table. The two corpses faced each other in a perpetual gaze, bony fingers holding wine goblets on a dusty tablecloth. Just then, Leonard felt the presence of something else in the room. His eyes strained to see a form in a darkened corner. It was a man, strapped upright to a stretcher, tubes running out of his arms, pumping fluid from a whirring machine. As Elias passed between them, the man on the stretcher glanced quickly toward the guest room and back at Leonard. He was alive. They stared helplessly at each other as Elias walked into the guest room, and then the sounds of creaking steps filled the hallway. Petrified, Leonard strained his eyes around the room, desperately searching for some hope at his escape. The human taxidermy labored heavy breaths through his nose, slowing with each inhalation. 
Leonard rolled his eyes over to the bedroom as the sound of the front door echoed through the house. Then came a woman's voice. I'm so sorry to bother you this late. There is this tree across the road and no way else to get around it. So do you have a room available for the night? Yes, he could hear Elias saying. Just give me a moment to clean it up. This series was produced by Ashley Flowers and David Flowers. This episode was written by Johan Michaels and read by me, Ashley Flowers. This story was modified slightly for audio retelling, but you can find the original in full on our website. Full Body Chills is an audio Chuck production. So, what do you think, Chuck? Do you approve? At Rural First, we're the leader in rural construction loans because we don't work here. We work out here. We live rural, which means we know just what you need to build rural. Our dedicated team of loan specialists works with you throughout the construction process. And with our digital tool, you can manage your project all in one place. That's how Rural First gets you closer to what matters. Rural First is a registered trademark of Farm Credit Mid-America. NMLS 407249. Equal housing lender. Loan subject to approval and eligibility. Other terms and conditions may apply. Visit RuralFirst.com for more details. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each unique child. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Full Body Chills listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fullbodychills. Visit IXL.com slash fullbodychills to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.